0: Hello and welcome to the Bliss Bean Show. I'm your host Patrice and on this podcast we talk about how to design intentional days, create meaningful work, and get more out of life. Welcome back to the show. Today, I'm talking to Mindy. Mindy is the founder of Softly, a vegan and minimalist skincare brand that creates skincare products with 15 ingredients or less. So today, we're going to talk about how she started this business as well as her skincare tips. So thank you so much for being here today. Yeah, thank you so
1: much for having me. I'm uh, happy to be here.
0: Yeah. So I decided to invite you on my podcast because I was reading your bio on the Softly Mm -hmm. website doing a little bit of internet stalking, and I'm just always intrigued by people who have something that they're really passionate about. And so it's said in your bio that um, you consider skincare your constant passion and calling, and that your (laughs) motto is, no job is worth bad skin. So can you explain (laughs) that motto to us and where your passion for skincare originated?
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, It's a bit of a long story. But, um, you know, I grew up in Seoul, Korea. Um, So I came uh, to the US at the age of 27 to attend law school and i always thought i would go back but um anywho growing up in seoul and you know these days like the k beauty rage like i think people kind of here even understand how important skincare and healthy glowing skin is to um Uh, Korean people but you know just immersed in that culture Um, for example if Brazil has a Brazilian butt workout and if here you know it's you know like you know boobs are important in Korea it's all about the skin you know so um, immersed in that culture um, skincare was really important to me but when I say um, no job is worth bad skin I'm really um speaking to health, because the way that I view skincare and it's been ingrained in me um, at such an early age, almost like uh, taking care of your skin would be um, similar to brushing your teeth, right, and taking care of your wellness and health otherwise. So when I say that, it's not necessarily talking about s- skin from a superficial perspective. I'm saying no job is worth ruining your health um, or not uh, feeling uh, well and, and vibrant. So that's uh, kind of what I'm trying to say there, because at the end of the day, skin is your largest organ. And if your skin's not healthy, I feel that's a reflection of other things or health issues going on in your life. And obviously, um, health is one of my core values in life and something um, that I'm constantly thinking about and trying to improve upon.
0: So I really like that motto because skin is definitely, I would, I would call it an indicator because Mm. we know that a lot of the things that affect it are habits like getting a lot of sleep or keeping your stress low or eating healthily, and that just contributes to your overall health. So like if those things or if your job gives you bad skin, then maybe your job (laughs) is stressing you out, not allowing you to get enough sleep and um, having a poor diet. So also reading from your bio, I learned that you've been A TV news reporter, corporate lawyer, video gaming executive, finance (laughs) professional, real estate broker, yoga meditation instructor, cosmetics formulator, many more. Those are all quite different. So I'm curious, when you were younger, what did you think that you were going to grow up and do? Did you have a lot of varied interests and how did you go about trying to focus on just one of those? Yeah. um,
1: You know, when I was growing up, going back to the fact that I grew up in Seoul, uh, which is a totally different environment than the um, education and and environment that um, you have here, you know, it was really all about getting good grades. And uh, it was almost dictated upon me that if you have the you you will work hard, you will get good grades. And if you have good grades, you should become a lawyer or a doctor, Mm -hmm. you know, like it was very much um, that kind of rigid path. So and my dad was a lawyer too so I had a lot of things in my environment pressuring me to pursue a career in law but I always always um I secretly wanted to pursue journalism, and and so I finally mustered the courage um, to uh, assert that. And so my first career uh, was in journalism, as you mentioned. I worked for a TV uh, news station, and and this is, uh, I'm going to sound really old, but back in the day, (laughs) because I I got my first job um, in 1998, there was no cable. Um, There's no digital and there are only three uh, TV stations in all of Korea and one of them was called Seoul Broadcasting System, so I was lucky enough to get a job there and did that for a few years. But just going back to your question, um, I didn't really realize I had all of these different interests until much later in life. I'm a late bloomer, so because I grew up in that type of very rigid environment where there wasn't much room or encouragement to really think about what you know, innately speaks to you. Um, I feel like all of these things came to me after I moved to the US to attend law school um, and, you know, just really lived a different life. So I started out in New York and then moved over to LA and that's when I started really embracing a more leisurely lifestyle and concepts of mindfulness and yoga and meditation. And I think that really helped me get clarity on who I am and what my interests are. And that kind of put me down this uh, road of, um, you know, pursuing a lot of different things that I had always been curious about, but didn't really um, think about, you know, until much later in life.
0: That's interesting how the interests sort of arise later on, because I would say since the start of high school, I've been pretty sure that what I want to study and do is like journalism and media. But then there's always the worry in the back of my mind that maybe if I were just exposed to other things, I would realize I was also interested in them. If anyone listening has a lot of interest and isn't sure how to balance them, recently in our book club, we read a book called The Renaissance Soul, and Mm -hmm. that one was really good one of my favorite parts of the book was where she talked about how you can find an umbrella career that encompasses a lot of different interests so the example she gave is maybe you have so many interests that don't connect in any way, but you become a filmmaker making documentaries. And so every time you cover a different topic, you get to really immerse yourself in a different interest. I love that, by the way. I love how you describe that, by the way. Do you think starting a business is an umbrella career in a way? Because you kind of have your hand in a lot of different parts of it.
1: Yeah, yeah. Uh, You know, as much as it seems like all fragmented, you know, the journey was very organic. And there definitely, um, I don't know whether it's an umbrella or like breadcrumbs that connect, um, but there definitely was that element to it. Um, because, you know, so backing up a little bit, um, I always had a um, passion for skincare, um, just like really loved it. was um, uh, I'm recently listening to uh, Jay Shetty's book, I uh, think like a monk, and he talks about like, think of yourself, like when nobody is watching, like, what are you doing? Because that's your passion, right? And I, you know, like I was thinking about that. And I definitely, you know, just like engaging in skincare rituals and taking care of my skin is something that I would no or do Um, so I obviously always had that but I don't think I would have been able to start a business um, focused on skincare if I didn't have um, the umbrella or the foundation that put me on the path and just to point out a few things like one is just um having gone to law school and and being a lawyer, because when you're forming a business, many of the basic things that you need to do come from this legal foundation and learning. And then um, I also uh, have an MBA, and that's a long story on how I ended up getting that. But um, this uh, MBA degree gave me the basics. foundation in terms of finance and marketing and just how to organize a company. And then those two skills, um, helped me um, get my last job uh, before I uh, decided to do this on my own, which was being um, the chief operating officer of an e-commerce company. It was a sleepwear company, so very different from skincare. But still, um, that opportunity, which I got because I could combine legal and finance and a little bit of HR all together and help run the company, gave me so much insight into what goes into running an online business. and. Gave me the confidence to pursue my own passion. So it's definitely all connected in this mysterious, you know, sometimes you feel like, What am I doing? Oh my gosh, I like to refer myself uh, refer to myself as a high functioning hot mess. Because <laughs> sometimes <laughs> like you're like, What are you doing now? But I really feel like um You know, they all build upon each other and they have a way of coming together in a way that's somehow like meant to be. And, um, you know, when I was younger, um, you know, in high school or college or even my 20s, I always thought, especially um, life, you know, life in general and especially career was kind of like a straight line where, you know, like upward, ho- hopefully upwards where you would build, build, build and like, you know, go higher. But now, um, you know, I'm about to turn 45. And now when I think about my life and just like anybody's life that I've seen, I like to say life is it's like circles it's constantly going in all sorts of directions Um, it's always in the process of change and transition uh, whether you recognize it or not and you know I think if you just build upon like what you have um, get in touch with your passions and and let it unfold you'll be on a path that was meant to be
0: it's like you were picking up the puzzle pieces along Mm -hmm. the way Uh, Yet another book recommendation. Uh, Have you read Lean In by Sheryl Sandberg? Yes. Yes. Where she talks about sometimes you're not uh, necessarily climbing a career ladder, but a career Mm -hmm. jungle gym. And you're just going to completely different places, but utilizing skills that you've picked up along the way.
1: Totally, totally.
0: So next I want to talk about... So gap years are a recurring theme on the Bliss Bean. Mm-hmm. I took a gap year after high school and then a second one because of COVID. But in general, I strongly recommend gap years to high school students. So you decided to take a gap year of sorts. You quit mm-hmm. your job in 2018 without anything lined up and you took a life sabbatical. So what inspired mm-hmm. you to take that step?
1: Yeah, you know, um, listening to you, um, and this trend of gap year, I, I feel like the younger generation is so much more wise than I ever was at your <laughs> age, because, and you know, again, it has to do with the environment that I was raised in, because, and, and because I was raised in Seoul, where, you know, I was constantly um, encouraged to achieve and do more. Um, I used to pride myself on uh, efficiency and getting things done uh, quickly. So even college, I only went for two and a half years. And it's, it's like, when I look back, I was like, what was I thinking? It was like the stupidest thing I've like ever done in my life. Like, why would you rush through college mm-hmm. like that? But that was kind of how I was living my life. Like, I just wanted to attain um, hyper-efficiency. I wanted to achieve, do more, uh, be more. Um, And that only came to like a screeching halt in my 40s when I felt absolutely burnt out. Um, I was unhappy at my job, um, which was, the head of a legal uh, the legal department at one of the biggest like online gaming companies in the world, which in retrospect was a goal that I was uh, hoping to achieve. like I had gotten there, and I realized what am I doing I, I hate games like no offense <laughs> to anybody who loves <laughs> online games because I know it 's huge, but I totally was not somebody who had any passion for online gaming and I just felt irritated every day. Um, I I felt stressed out. And so um, it took a lot of courage because at that age, you know, to just say I'm gonna pull the plug um, and and let myself rest for a year was really hard. But I really felt I needed that. Um, I did a lot of research before I mustered up the courage to actually do it. Um, And fortunately, I think not only is gap year a trend um, with the younger generation, but even with uh, people in midlife. Um, I think that it's, you know, uh People are doing more and more of it and realizing that um, it's really helpful. And I read these books on it. Um, there was a book called Pause uh, about this Google employee who took a few months off, and, and that really helped her. And I was fantasizing about it for a really long time. And then uh, I saw my sister, who's younger than me, who's a tenured professor, take a sabbatical that was given to her by her job because she's a professor. And I was like, damn, like,
0: I mean, I need that. want to do and, that?
1: i know and i was like and if my job won't give it to me i'll give it to myself so Mm. that kind of um that's what, what started that. And that really started this, uh, you know, Brene Brown calls it the midlife unraveling. It's not a midlife crisis. It's like a unraveling, right? And I call it my unbecoming journey. Um, it really gave me the space and time to recognize all the things that I was that I didn't authentically connect to. Um, it also gave me the courage and space and time to be able to let the, let, let those go. And, you know, it was an unbecoming journey to come to the core of who I really was and what really spoke to me. And that um, kind of was the starting point for me to really get serious about the skincare business.
0: I can definitely relate to your environment affecting how you approach gap years and education and everything, because I think gap years probably are more common these days, but still in America, it's quite uncommon. I maybe Mm -hmm. had two people in my graduating class taking gap years. But for me, um, I was born in Lithuania, and so my parents grew up in a Lithuanian European environment and had European views about college and such. And so gap years are very common in Europe. So I feel very lucky that I grew up in that environment because I don't know if I would have taken a gap year if I hadn't. Mm -hmm. And I also really liked what you said about Stepping back and the unraveling or the unbecoming of a gap year, I think I can relate to that even with a post-high school gap year, because coming out of high school, like, your identity is your grades and the clubs you're in Mm -hmm. and all the leadership positions you hold or whatever, and then once school is over, it's just kind of this emptiness, and you have to figure out who you are when you're not in the school environment, so then this sabbatical, uh, you said, was kind of the launching point for you to start thinking about the skincare brand. So how did you go from being just interested in skincare to wanting to start a business around it?
1: Right. Um, so... So having that space and time um really just uh first of all helped me to chill out. <laughs> and so um and I went to, and I went back to Seoul where most of my family still lives. And I was just hanging out really um feeling more grounded and improving my health. And then um, one of my sisters one day asked me, so what are you gonna do? And I, uh, I told her, I'm not sure. And she asked me, she just you know casually started asking me, but what are you interested in? What sounds interesting to you right now? And I told her skincare and, um, you know, here they say uh it's 6 degrees of separation in Korea and maybe you relate to this cuz maybe it's like that in Lithuania too. It's 2 degrees of separation, right? <laughs> so, as soon as I uttered skincare from my mouth, um my sister was like, oh, like so-and-so, like an old friend from back in the day is investing in skincare companies, you should talk to him. Um, and my my sister also, um, she was actually in skincare, she was the CMO of uh, a, a few uh, skincare related companies in Korea, so she had a lot of connections too, but that kind of just like started this like... Um, Fun exploration so I reached out to so and so and I had lunch with them and I heard about all of his skincare investments and then he introduced me to one of the founders of the com- one of the companies he had invested in, and I talked to him and then somehow I got introduced to the CEO of this lab. Um, who also had a few skincare lines, and I talked to him, and then I talked to influencers in the space. So it was just kind of following the breadcrumbs and just talking to as many people as possible, um, and really um, learning more about the industry. And uh, that that kind of uh, trickled into, oh, I feel like I have this unique product or this unique um, viewpoint on skincare that i want to bring to an audience um, that might also connect with my views on skincare so that kind of started it all
0: i think it's amazing how much can come from just like random connections and Mm -hmm. meetings with people we've talked about the law of attraction on this podcast a couple of times Mm -hmm. and like whether or not people believe in it i think just the simple idea of telling people about your idea or just like in telling the universe, you know, as long as someone knows, like you never know what they could connect you to and what could stem from a tiny little chance meeting.
1: Yeah, I I'm a huge believer in setting intentions mm-hmm. and then putting your head down and doing your best and following the path um and and having um things unfold um as they're meant to be. I really believe in that. And that doesn't mean like you just like say a few words or like put something, (laughs) like you have to put in the effort, but I feel like following the breadcrumbs and just like pursuing your intention um, can lead to, you know, doors opening in so many different
0: um, ways. So next, I want to move on to talking about skincare. So I asked people on Instagram what (laughs) questions they had regarding that, now that we have a skincare expert here. (laughs) So for someone who just doesn't know that much about skincare and is not really ready to jump completely headfirst into that world, what is the simplest and most basic skincare regimen that you would recommend to anyone? Yeah,
1: so um, coming from Korea, so K-Beauty was known for really... um, telling people, educating people on these steps. Um, I think there's something called the K-beauty 10 step or the K-beauty six step. And it's all about like the steps So, cause a lot of people here, you know, um, even when I talk to friends, some friends are like, I just want to put on one thing. Like, I don't want to worry about like this and that and like how to layer this and that. I just want to do one thing. So um, I feel like it's really important to develop a very simple but sustainable regimen, like steps, but not six steps or 10 steps, like nothing crazy. Like that I would say maybe three steps that like you uh, stick to uh, every single day so I would say um, you know obviously cleansing I don't even consider cleansing a step because obviously you have to clean your face come on right? <laughs> oh, please. Um, so, uh, so my steps uh, start from like number one toner and, and I know a lot of people don't think that toner is necessary or use it but I really feel like toner is important and the example I use is it's kind of like that little like gap between an in-breath and an exhale Um, it it really bridges the gap between cleaning your face um, and getting your face ready to absorb like all the good nutrients that will come through your skincare products so um, you know toner will uh, take away any like excess like dirt or you know like nasties that are still trapped in your face but also kind of um, you uh, refresh your pores um, if you have um, Uh, AHAs in them like gentle exfoliating acids that'll that'll also help like uh, gently exfoliate so your skin is ready to absorb and I know you um, talked about acne a little bit but I really feel like for acne um, 101 is making sure you're cleansing properly and also probably incorporating one of these gentle acids to properly exfoliate your face so that um, dirt or oil um, uh, isn't getting trapped in your pores. So toner step one and then step two is a, a serum. Um, I would say um, serum is different from moisturizer in that it's probably not enough to keep your skin moisturized and hydrated the entire day. Um, but serum is really helpful in that it can target specific like skin skincare concerns you might have. For me, like hyperpigmentation is big, like the sunspots and just like my skin looking dull. So I use a vitamin C serum, which is, um, you know, really a proven ingredient to help brighten your skin. And then the last step, well, not the last step, <laughs> but the next step is just a solid moisturizer. And moisturizer is, uh, I would say of all the steps, the most important part. Like if you're like, come on, Minji, I can't do this, I want to indulge in lazy skincare, I would say, okay, wash your face and put on a good moisturizer so that you're protecting all of the hydration and your skin barrier. Um, And then the last step, um, I would say, um, to keep it simple would be sunscreen. Um, Hopefully, everybody
0: uh, is using sunscreen during the day. um, But that's really important. Yeah, so then I also wanted to bring up, I've only recently been hearing about this, but Mm -hmm. apparently we also need to wear sunscreen to protect ourselves from the light from our digital screens. Right. So is this something everyone should be worried about, or do you need to spend, like, a huge amount of time in front of screens? And what type of sunscreen do you recommend? Would it be the same kind?
1: Yeah, so you know what? I actually wrote an article on this because I also was fascinated by this topic. Um, So it's on my website. But I also talked to... um my advisor dermatologist, because on our team, we have, um, on the expert panel, we have a dermatologist named Dr. Yoon engaged to give us advice on all of these topics. So I asked him and his uh, point of view was, look, the the most harm that will come from these devices as it relates to your skin is that if you're uh, on your device, like late at night, um, it'll interfere with your sleep. It's not that the direct blue light is going to ruin your skin, you know? Like he, he was he's like theoretically sure, but like as long as you're not like, you know, like right there, it's not super bright and it's like hours and hours and hours. His expert um opinion was that blue light um is bad for your skin because it will likely interfere with the quality of sleep mm. you get at night. And according to Dr. Yoon, and I believe this too, he says Getting good sleep is 80% of the skincare puzzle. If you get good, yeah, it's that important. He, 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 I know it's like fascinating when he said this, I was like, this is so helpful and fascinating, but his expert opinion is that good skin, it's 80% sleep. 10% product and 10% everything else like exercise or nutrition and all of that stuff. He really believes that getting good sleep, especially during the hours of 10 to 2 in the morning when your skin is uh, regenerating itself is critical. So that's what he said about blue light. And then You know, so um, I have some tips um, in that article, but I feel like the way to think about blue light and our devices and skincare is just how we've always been thinking about it. It's not great to be in front of your device all the time, so take breaks, but I wouldn't freak out about it or uh, worry too much about it because it seems like it's more the indirect damage that um, is really harming us, not necessarily the direct damage
0: that bit about the sleep is amazing i do Mm -hmm. remember my sleep schedule was pretty bad in high school but i would notice if i just slept in like one weekend i don't know if it was a trick of the eyes but it seemed like my skin would already be better the next morning yeah Um, so i'm gonna go to bed earlier tonight um my next question is i was recently at the grocery store and i saw these hair and skin vitamin gummies and I was tempted to buy them, but I thought I should ask (laughs) Minji first. So should we be taking vitamins for our skin and what ingredients should we be looking for?
1: Yeah, so um, I also wrote an article on this and asked Dr. Yoon about it, too, because I'm with you. You know, whenever I see something, it tempts me, right? (laughs) Like, who doesn't want? And it's in the form of a delicious gummy that looks like a gummy bear. So um, who doesn't want it? So I've done some research on it, and I talked to Dr. Yoon about it. But basically, his opinion, and I agree with him, is these marketing claims are outpacing the actual proven effectiveness of any of these products right and um, the big ingredient that people are really consuming these days um, maybe um, not in your age demographic but like mid-age and older is collagen um, and everybody's taking collagen powder like all these celebrities are talking about it so I seriously contemplated that and and, and the gist is you know, the marketing claims are definitely outpacing any of the proven effects. Um, There haven't been enough studies to really show that when you take these supplements, um, via like you consume food, that they're actually going to go back up and like directly impact your skin, right? Because what if they're just like being digested and like leaving your system, and they never reach, you know, the level of your skin to help you. So I think that makes a lot of sense. Um, So the way that I approach supplements as it relates, to my skin health is I only take it if not only um, are people claiming that it's gonna help my skin and hair, but there's another um, uh, benefit to my health. So an example of this is vitamin C. So I do take vitamin C regularly, and I take it um, not only because vitamin C is critical for skin health, but vitamin C is also great for boosting my immunity, right? Especially now, like in the world of COVID, um, I think Dr. Fauci uh, is uh, even recommending we all take vitamin C and D, right? So I take those not only for my skin health, but for my overall health too. And then um, omega-3 supplements I think are also good, not only for skin health, but also your overall health. Um, It will help with like your liver health function, uh, heart functions. And then the last one I take, um is hyaluronic acid. Um, And I know this one's a little bit weird, but I take hyaluronic acid over collagen only because um, at least based on my research, it seems like um, it's been used longer, um, not just for skin health, but for joint support um, and well aging. So I take that. um, And so kind of my standard is if I'm applying it to my face, why not take it as well, but um, keeping like a short list and making sure that I'm not getting um, Uh, swept away by all these marketing claims and these pretty colors and uh, yummy, yummy flavors and and, and shapes.
0: Yeah. So we talked about how the skin is an indicator of just your overall health. So I feel like if you just focus on your health in general, like Mm -hmm. supplements that will be good for your general health or sleeping or things like that, you'll see those impacts on your skin as well. But just getting a gummy that's just supposed to fix your skin is not the way to go. Someone else asked, do you have any mask knee tips for people who are struggling with acne on their face where they wear their mask?
1: Yeah, so I, I love uh, your questions because these are all questions that I've had that I already mm-hmm. I, I've researched and like written blog articles about. But, so please go check out um, softly.com and you'll see a bunch of info. Um, but I also asked Dr. Yoon about this, right? Um, so a, a few tips. Try to avoid wearing makeup. Or heavy sunscreen in the areas that are covered by your mask because you want um, your skin to be able to breathe. And if you have the mask and heavy sunscreen and heavy makeup on, it's just going to congest even more um, and result in breakouts. So try to um, stay away from that if you can. Um, Also, air out your mask once in a while, you know, instead of just like having it on all the time, it's like good to get that circulation going. And then also, um, making sure to like uh, moisturize really. well in the areas uh, especially where your mask is directly touching your face because you don't want that friction you want it to be uh, well moisturized so that your mask is not aggravating your skin. And then um, obviously, uh, last thing I would say, um, similar to any issues related to acne, you just really need to make sure you're cleansing properly at the end of the night um, and also um, ideally incorporating a gentle exfoliator so that you're keeping your pores clean. So I would would give those tips.
0: So I have a similar question because I've been trying to improve my sleep quality and one of the problems is just light getting into my room and I don't have blackout curtains so Mm -hmm. I was thinking about eye masks what do you think about that in relation to skin is there any material that eye masks should be made of or should you just avoid them altogether because it is like you have this piece of fabric pressed against (laughs) your face for the whole night
1: yeah um so I I don't uh I personally don't use an eye mask but Um, I do have some thoughts on this because, um, I'm really careful about the fabric of my pillow (laughs) Mm. because you know how, um, and then then the shape of my pillow too, and how my face, um, hits the pillow when I'm sleeping. I know this is like where I get into obsessive, like detail (laughs) mode. And I also wrote an article on this too. So you'll see, you just like are seeing the tip of the iceberg when it comes to my skincare obsession and, um, and habits and things, um, I have, but I personally think it's good to have silk as a fabric because silk is so smooth, um, whereas like cotton or other fabrics, um, they they feel smooth, but they're more friction on your face. So uh, if you're using an eye mask, I would say use a really gentle one, preferably made with silk. That's what I use for my pillows. Um, and maybe try to, um, I know this is really hard. And I, I, I'll give this advice, but I will also tell you, like, it's sometimes impossible for me to do. But sleep on your back or on your side. Like, you know, the people, like, don't put your face, like, um, on your back pillow or what was that belly sleeper belly sleepers uh, stomach sleepers are the worst because you're basically creasing your face aggravating your face on the sheets and the pillow and the eye mask too while you're sleeping but if you can sleep like this in an elegant way like lying on your back sleeping (laughs)
0: yeah
1: it's really hard but you know i I do think it makes sense to be mindful of that though because that can pile up and and result in friction or aggravation
0: yeah A question a lot of people asked was, how do you get rid of acne scarring?
1: Mm -hmm. So this one's tough, right? and and like most things in life, I would say first of all, time and patience. Mm-hmm. But second, uh, vitamin C I think can be very helpful. If you find, um, so going back to vitamin C serum, if you find um, a vitamin C serum that's pretty solid, it's not gonna give you drastic results overnight. Like no serum will do that. And I don't care what um, brands say or people giving reviews say, that's just not the case. Um, skincare is more like food. So that it'll give you nutrition and give you the basis um, to have healthy, glowing skin, but it's not gonna like get rid of those um, those scars right away. Otherwise, um, it would be like a drug and regulated uh, more strictly. So, but but I do think um, consistently. Um, using a vitamin C serum um, on that area. And again, uh, maintaining healthy habits like getting good sleep, um, giving yourself time, not stressing out, um, cleansing properly will, will all help.
0: So then the last question about skincare is what, are, what do you think are the most important things to do outside of the skincare regimen? So we kind of already talked about this mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. and that sleep is 80% of it, but any other things that you would recommend?
1: Yeah, so sleep, definitely. Um, So um, going back to our website, um, when I started it, I started a year ago, and I actually, with a group of friends, um, blogged about all aspects of skincare, because I definitely think that skincare is not just about products, like going back to what Dr. Yoon said, like at most, it's like 10% of the skincare pie, and it's really like other holistic elements. So sleep, definitely the most important, and then, uh, in terms of uh, body-related things, uh, we have a category called body on the website, but exercise. Um, I love yoga. I feel like yoga just really is a great workout, um, not only for your overall health, but also skin health, too, because I believe at the core of all skincare and health problems um, is circulation. You know, good circulation just makes everything um, flow better and your skin more vibrant and your overall health um, health vibrant as well so um, I would say um, exercise nutrition obviously um, and then uh, habits Um, so this is uh, what I think is a little bit unique to the way that I view skincare but I don't for example um, and this is where I also start to uh, start sounding crazy but for example I don't rub my eyes I don't, you know, first of all, rubbing eyes is just generally a bad idea, right? Like we've heard like, oh, don't rub your eyes, like wash it out if something gets into it or whatever. But I also think um, I don't rub my eyes because that's going to give you unnecessary wrinkles. It's going to cause like friction on your skin. And if you keep doing that, it's a bad habit that's going to result in the, the quality of your eye skin suffering. And then another thing I don't do is I don't lean on my face. <laughs> you know like some yeah you know like that's that's like okay but some people go like this you know what i mean like it pains me to even do it but they use their hand to scrunch up their face causing these unnecessary wrinkles um and i just don't understand like why uh you would do that because that can pile up like going back to um you know sleeping positions and stuff like that i just feel like all of these like bad habits of touching your face picking at acne um scrunching up your face or rubbing your face can result in um you know skin not being um as plump and and healthy looking um especially in in the later years of your life
0: Mm -hmm. it's so hard to not touch your face it's something you're working on i wish there was a way to just like be alerted if you touch your face you know because you don't even realize you realize after you've been leaning on your hand for a while yeah
1: you need like a you need a crazy friend like me who'll be like hey hey, (laughs) slap my wrist exactly (laughs) i do that for my friends i'm like this is for you (laughs) oh you
0: need this (laughs) you'll thank me in the future (laughs) yeah so then the last thing we're gonna do is a quick lightning round of a couple of questions The first question is what is the best piece of business advice that you have ever received
1: um be authentic
0: be authentic how do you think you've applied that to your skincare business i guess yeah so i'm still trying to navigate this
1: um because my business is brand new and this is new territory for me but you know when i first started out and i Going back to the follow the breadcrumbs thing, like I was talking to all sorts of people, getting all sorts of different advice, and I felt like, oh my gosh, like people are telling me Instagram Reels are huge. You gotta do TikTok, and I was thinking, oh my gosh, like this is like the last thing I want to do. Like, but but I considered it because everybody was telling me this is a secret sauce and you need to do it, but. you know, even in the short period of time, like I'm coming back to this, uh, this advice of being authentic because just because it works for other people doesn't mean that I should jump in and do it because I feel like then people will just see right through it that it's not coming from an authentic place and will only hurt my brand more than help it. So I feel like um, that's really important. I'm trying to remind myself of it in everything that I do, not just my social media strategy, but how I talk about my products or even the type of products that I want to eventually um, bring to the market.
0: What about, what's one thing that you'd like to do in 2021? Travel. Yeah. (laughs) What do you think? Is that going to happen for
1: us? (laughs) I miss, I think of all of the things that um, I miss uh, with this pandemic, traveling is is the biggest thing. I want to go to Seoul and I want to visit my family. I want to veg out. I want to indulge in the K-beauty, skincare, all that stuff.
0: And then finally, what is one book that you would recommend to our listeners?
1: Um, I'm going to go with 10% Happier. Have you read that one? I
0: haven't, but I've heard Uh the podcast by him.
1: Yeah, yeah. You know, that is the book that actually kind of uh, triggered it all for me. um, Because I had been interested in meditation and mindfulness, but I was kind of resistant to really get into it because i didn't relate to kind of like the hippie like oh i'm so relaxed all the time kind of image that i had in my head but it's a book um i would say it's a good book for people who are interested in um living a more purposeful and happy life but also want to maintain their edge and intensity and character and not um just bliss um Blissing out is good, but like just totally live a different type of life, um, if that makes sense. It's just 10% happier, like maintaining who you are and your edge and your character and all the weird um, quirkiness that comes with uh, you, but also being able to pursue mindfulness and finding that 10% of extra happiness.
0: So thank you so much for being on the show today. Where can our listeners find you online? Yeah, so um, please
1: visit our site. It's softly, so it's s o f f l i dot com. It's derived uh, from the word soulfully, but pronounced softly, like softly on your skin. Um, and there, not only do we have our products, but we have a bunch of articles and tips on skincare. Um, many of the things that I mentioned, um, you'll see like full blown article. Um, article forms um on the website so please check it out
0: yeah we'll link all of the articles that you mentioned today and then also we have a 20 percent discount code for softly bliss 20 so i'll put that in the show notes and a link to that as well thank you so much thank you so much it was so nice to talk to you So three takeaways from today's episode. First of all, your career, your life, your education, etc, etc, does not have to follow a super direct straight path. Like Minji said, life kind of moves in circles and it's always changing and transitioning even if you don't realize it in the moment. So as you're exploring, you'll pick up skills that might become useful in the future in a way that you can't even imagine right now as you meet new people and opportunities open themselves up to you, you just have to be really open to following those breadcrumbs and seeing where they take you. Second, whether it is through a post-high school gap year, a post-college gap year, or a sabbatical like Minji did, it can be really helpful to take a step back and just get out of that mindset of constantly trying to do more, be more, And just see what happens when you do that. Like, what is your identity at the the core of you when you try and peel back those layers? And then finally, I really, really love the business advice that Minji shared. Just be authentic, whether it is being authentic in what kind of a business you start, what you do with your business, or how you talk about your business. I've definitely found it valuable with my blog and channel to just try and listen to what feels true because you can really drive yourself crazy trying to be on every single social media platform and just try to participate in every single trend that pops up, but it's just not possible. And if you keep it simple and pare it down to the things that truly speak the most to you, I think that comes across in a really authentic way and helps your audience connect with you more. For today's action of the day, the entire second half of the episode, we talked about skincare, so try something to spruce up your skincare routine. Make sure that you have the basics that Minji recommended doing a face wash, toner, moisturizer, and sunscreen, and then maybe you want to try something else, like an exfoliant. I think this skincare stuff is pretty fun. Like I literally was supposed to be editing this podcast and I started shopping for skincare stuff online based on what she recommended. So see what you can try out for bliss related updates the 21 days to productive flow course will be on sale from friday until my birthday on monday so if you've been thinking about getting that it's the perfect time new year's is coming up so it's a perfect chance to work on your productivity and self-care habits and that's exactly what the course will help you to do so if you need a reminder i'll be posting about the sale on instagram and also emailing if you are on my email list So don't worry, you won't miss out on it. Thank you so much for listening to this episode and I'll talk to you next week. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with your family and friends and leave a review on iTunes. You can learn more about The Bliss Bean and connect with me on YouTube and Instagram at theblissbean and theblissbean.com. If you'd like to sign up to receive the show notes in your inbox every Wednesday morning, that's theblissbean.com slash podcast. If you have a listener question, comment, or suggestion, you can send a voice memo to hello at theblissbean.com. Thanks so much for listening. See you next week.